Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One preseason game is in the books. The Blazers lost. They look good. They look bad. Plenty of questions. I'm Aaron Fentress. I cover the Blazers for the Oregon Live and the Oregonian. And I'm with Andrew Thien, our podcast editor and resident Blazers superfan. <laughs> I, I always like to point out you're a superfan. Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about, you know, we saw the debut, right? The new look Blazers, new coach, some new players. New agenda on defense, new agenda on offense. I was at the game. Uh, you watched some of it from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial impressions before we get into our topic list, you know, it, it was it was okay. Like nothing I'm going to say here is going to be uh, very demonstrative. It's like it's a preseason game. It's the first preseason game. I'm not going to be you know over overly critical of anything. Um, I don't you know Billups wasn't necessarily, but he pointed out some negative things he saw. Same thing with Damian. But the, the perfect thing about this is you play the first game on a Monday and then you have an entire week, right, to go mm-hmm. over it and analyze it and practice some more before the next preseason game. And then you go back to back to back over a course of a week. But um, they'll have a whole week to clean some things up. Uh, so, you know, since you love this team so much, you lead. And since I was there, you lead this for me. You, you set me up for what uh, we're going to talk with here, talk about here today. Well, let's talk about, uh, you mentioned the good and the bad, uh, a little slice of life, right? Uh, in right. preseason <laughs> basketball. So let's talk about the good, I guess. Uh, what, it looked like the big fella, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who has been, as we've talked about, uh, all up in his feels as he usually is. He needs, <laughs> he needs more, uh, he needs more appreciation and love, which, I love about Yusuf. I, I can appreciate that about him. But um, I don't know. He, he had a pretty nice game. Um, he's probably not going to turn the ball over five times going forward. But right. uh, what, were, what were your impressions watching uh, Yusuf uh, be a little more active? Uh, again, yeah. This is a small sample size. Yeah, I was very interested to see sort of how he was used and what he was doing because of his complaints coming out of last season and then how much Billups talked about uh, how much he wanted to use him differently and then how excited and happy Nurkic has seemed since this all began, right? I mean, he's clearly excited about the new direction and the new opportunity. And I'm someone who last year, I wrote an article before the season started saying that, okay, you know, Nurkic might not be an all-star in the West, especially you got Jokic, you got Anthony Davis, other big men, et cetera. But if he can play at all-star caliber, it can be the thing that puts this this team really, truly into contention. And of course, he, he was out of shape and then he broke his wrist, so it never really came about. And I was basically saying, is he going to be like, you know, 
Bobo Nurkic. <laughs> Bobo Nurkic is a different beast to me. He's a guy who was just absolutely a terror uh, in Orlando during that stretch. So I wanted to see we were going to see some of that in this game. And I thought we did. Yes, the five, the five turnovers, though, they were, you know, they weren't a sign of any in trouble. Like they were just things that just sort of happened. Um, yeah. But th- the man put up 15 points, 10 rebounds, four assists on five of eight shooting in just 22 minutes. And he shot two of four on threes. And the fact that he got up four threes in 22 minutes, <laughs> that was the thing that jumped out like, whoa, is this going to be a thing? I mean, McCullum, he got four in 11 minutes. Dame took seven in 18 minutes. Covington had four in 20. Powell had five in 18. So, like, Nurkic was right there in the mix of, of shooting threes with everyone else. Simons had four in 20 minutes. Um, and they, But they all came through the natural flow of the offense. Like, the ball's moving. This is happening. That's happening. And right. all of a sudden – there's Nurkic out at three-point line. They get him the ball, and he's wide open. Like, he didn't force any of them. He was wide open. So that tells me that they're willing to move things around enough, get him moving enough to where he could end up shooting a three, and he shot four and made two. So um, you, you look at last year, he only shot 30 all season, made 12. That's 40%. Maybe that wasn't a fluke. Maybe this is going to be a guy who who's a stretch five at times. And if that's the case, my goodness, you have all sorts of things you can do with him. But it, it just he, he just seemed like a guy who was really in the flow with what was going on, making nice passes for assists, obviously. And then the passes that weren't assists were still good, keeping the, the ball moving, um, guards cutting, things like that, him finding them. Uh, and then, of course, kicking back out for open threes. But no, I thought it was a, a great sign for him. And he looked physically in shape much more than last year. Last year, I felt like he was chunky, so I wasn't surprised when he said, yeah. I'm a little out of shape. Um, but, but he looks really like svelte almost. Like he's, he looks really good um, and physically healthy. So I was impressed. Yeah. Anyone who's followed Yusuf on uh, Instagram for the last several years knows that there's a lot of uh, three point shooting happening on his on his Insta. (laughs) Um, And there has been for a few years. So I I think maybe when we look back at the both the bubble and then the um, the injury uh, that cut his season short uh, last year, I mean, he's he's been kind of he's been showing that this is in his um, bag, so to speak, the ability to shoot the three. Maybe that was also something that he wasn't really encouraged to do under the Stotts regime. So, um, you know, the the ability to stretch it out there, um, I think is, you know, that's, that's key in the, in the uh, NBA these days, everyone shoots threes. Um, So yeah, if he's, if he's able to to knock it down, let's, let's do it. I want to see it. Yeah. And I, I want to see times where, say, he gets a defensive rebound, kicks it out. All the smaller guys are running up court, trying mm-hmm. to attack. Nothing's there. And then someone kicks it back out to a trailing Nurkic for a three. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I, I want to see those actions happen where uh, he ignites the offense and then trails it. And then nothing's there. And they kick it back to him. He drains a three, runs back, and rim protects again. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this works out. Yeah. So what what else uh, jumped out to you from, you know, being in the building uh, about the offense? Um, was it did it look different uh, to you from from press row? Yeah, you know, I thought it did. And, you know, last year's defense, was, or, excuse me, offense was so obviously three point heavy and not that they didn't. They shot a lot of threes last uh, Monday night as well. But it was like that was the focal point. Like we're jacking them up. We're jacking them up. And there wasn't mm-hmm. a ton of ball moving, a ton of cutting to the basket or driving to the basket. And you definitely saw some sets where, you know, they're trying to move the ball around more. They're, they're trying to get guys moving more and cutting off each other, et cetera, et cetera. And you have three really good guards who can take it to the hoop and, and Lillard, Powell and Simons, who's going, you know, he hasn't done much of it in the past, partly because Stotts won him shooting threes. And oh my God, his three point stroke 
is just exquisite. He 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 hit some the other <laughs> night that were just like the the net barely moved. Um, but uh, you know those those are three athletic guys who can get to the to the rack. So you want to Billups wants to see more of that, <clears throat> and I I saw evidence of that definitely that they were trying to implement. Uh, that type of offense. And keep in mind, this team was last in assists last year. I can't remember how many it was per game, but, um, you know, they had 21 last night or Monday night. I keep saying last night. Yeah. They had 21 mo- Monday night, which is a big number, uh, for this team. And they had, you know, six for Simons, three for Dennis Smith came in and got a, a few off the bench. So yeah, no, I definitely thought that it, it looked a little different. Yeah, let's talk about uh, your guy Ant because I think <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of Blazer fans love this kid, and um, he he looks, you know, from pictures and from video, he looks different, right? He looks like he's bulked up. He's yeah, got the he's got bit. the he's got the art on his arm now, um, <laughs> and uh, he's got the ball in his hands. Uh, it looks like uh, in the second unit um, without um the instruction just to you know catch and shoot threes right, right. And, i mean it's a small sample size but this is all got to be pretty exciting for him yeah you know last year when neil O'Shea didn't bring in a bring in a veteran point guard he was questioning about that and he said we have a backup point guard as anthony simons um and everyone was kind of like well really uh <laughs> realistically cj and, and O'Shea pointed this out o- cj's been their backup point when dame's out cj slides the point um, so really Simons was the third point guard, but when he was in there the previous season and last year, he never really looked like a point guard. He really didn't look comfortable seeing the entire floor, setting things up. And that's something that he and Lillard had been working on all off season the, the previous year. And it just never really materialized. And it also was, you know, impacted by the fact that he was a three point marksman coming off the bench and, and Stotts wanted him to shoot when he got the ball because, well, he led the team in three-point shooting, right, so why right. not, right? So but at the end of the year, like the last month and a half, he just started flashing some like, oh, how did he – he saw the court vision. He started like seeing things. And it wasn't even just assists, just running the offense and, and finding someone in the corner out of nowhere or finding mm-hmm. someone cutting or just moving the ball crisper. It just looked like he was in control of what he was supposed to do within the offense as opposed to just, okay, I'm just a three-point shooter off the bench. Um, this offseason, Billups has made it clear that he wants Simons to continue to develop as a point guard, that he is going to be the true backup point guard, and he is going to cut into McCollum's backup point guard minutes. Um, now, for that to make sense, you know, Anthony has to resemble a point guard. He has to resemble <laughs> someone who's going to get the offense going, get it started, and then, of course, if he's open, take a three, not come down and just jack threes, Right. So I thought this game was, I mean, you couldn't ask for much more. He, he came off the bench. He was the fir- uh, second guy off the bench, actually, mm-hmm. behind Nasir. Um, 19 minutes, and he had 10 points on four of nine shooting, two of four on threes, and six assists with zero turnovers. Start this man at point, move Dame <laughs> to the two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, that, you cannot ask for anything better if you're Billups in that regard. And he said after the game that he thought, you know, Anthony looked Super in control, super um, intuitive about what he was doing with the ball and how he was organizing the offense. And it, it was interesting too, and in just watching when he, when the, in the past when he'd bring the ball up, he'd bring the ball up hunting for a shot. Okay, mm-hmm. I got the ball; it's my turn to look for a shot first, right? And then he'd maybe give it up if he didn't have it. This time, he brought the ball up the court, looking to start the offense, not attack the three point arc, right? And so it was clearly a different mindset uh, by him. So I, I was impressed. It's, you know, just kind of thinking as you're talking, Aaron, I mean, it's almost like he's kind of like a 
like a QB who's been sitting behind, like, like I'm thinking like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or something sitting behind right. Favre. I mean, honestly, this it's kind of a unique situation in the NBA. Oh, there's so many talented point guards who are just kind of they're supernovas and they play right away. And Anthony was kind of a you know obviously he's a very highly regarded recruit. Ended up going to um, IMG Academy instead of right. Louisville. And he's kind of had this situation now where he's been um, behind, you know, one of the best players in the league at his position. And now he's, you know, he's still so young and he's starting to show little flashes. Um, and this could be a, a year where we really see more more of what he has to offer. Exactly. Especially if Mil- Billups is going to give him. So Billups wants to reduce Dame and CJ's burden. And that includes reducing their minutes maybe by a couple per game or whatever. Um, and if they do that and they give Simons the true backup point guard minutes, then he's just going to automatically get more time. Even if it's just a few more minutes, maybe he goes from 19 to 23 or 24. I've always said, though, he, he went to the the last team in the league you'd want to go to. Like if you said, Anthony Simons, you're coming out of IMG Academy, you're going to yeah. get drafted. Which team do you not want to go to? Portland? Why? Well, one, they have a superstar point guard. And two, their second best player is a two guard. And they're basically what I'm trying to be, right? <laughs> so you kind of like, you're kind of redundant and you're young. Anywhere else, not anywhere else in the league, but had he been on 20, drafted by 20 or 25 other teams, he would be already a starter and probably putting up really good numbers. So it's just like at some point, though, they have to make a decision with him because. You know they're gonna have to pay him or lose him. He's gonna be, he's gonna be re- become restricted mm-hmm. or unrestricted, and so then you you know if, if he ends up commanding eighteen million, how are you gonna pay Dame forty five, CJ thirty three, and and this guy eighteen? Like so, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with him long term. But I do absolutely believe that he has star potential. And here's the other thing: if Damian Lillard were to somehow you know next year decide I'm out, and I think this is one of the reasons why he why Olshay holds on to Simon so tightly and doesn't include him in, in other deals, is because if that were to happen and you mm-hmm. trade Dame for a bunch of stuff, you're building around Simons and that stuff, <laughs> right? That would be the goal. And I honestly believe I, I think he's going to be at least as good as CJ, just more athletic. Well, let's go to the next bullet point on the list because uh, honestly, I think Blazer fan brain where where you go is is to a few years back when Dame said that you know Ant is gonna it's gonna be his show when Dame is you know when he's not in his prime, and right. I think honestly that is a situation where it's Dame off ball and right. Ant with the ball in his hand, and we saw a little bit of Dame off ball uh, in terms of uh, uh, the Warriors game the other night, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, there was a little bit of talk about that last year, but it never really happened that often because, you know, he was getting blitzed all the time and double teamed. And he made yeah. the comment, you know, I don't want to have 10 eyes on me all the time. Right. And so if I don't have the ball, you can't put 10 eyes on me. If I have the ball, you got 10 eyes on me. And sometimes four eyes are attacking him at the uh, at the half court line. And by eyes, I mean two eyes per player. Um, <laughs> and so if he's if he's off ball, though. And and the guy with the ball is a threat like CJ or um, Anthony, then you have to pretty much play it straight up. You're not going to double team Dame without the ball. That's stupid because right. now it's four on three and you're getting toasted while Dame stands in the corner of the half court line, you know, talking <laughs> to you know the, the, the PA announcer. Right. Um, so I, I absolutely have always thought for years now that I want to see Dame 
take up more of an Allen Iverson type role where you're more of a, of a shooting guard off the ball, running off screens, getting the ball and then attacking or, you know, just shooting three or whatever, whatever shot is there. One, I mean, there's the running around and getting open, but you're not having to orchestrate and run the offense and think about everyone else. You're just doing your thing. A play is called for you to get open. You get the ball. And if if the plays run correctly, you're getting the ball already with a good shot without having to, you know, step back or juke somebody or dribble drive or whatever. Right. And then two, if nothing's there, then you can still, now you can revert back to, okay, well now I'm going to make the decision to either continue the offense on, or I'm just going to take it and do what I would normally have done had I come up and wanted to shoot. So I, I definitely want to see more than that, more of that from him. I, I think, and, and I, I've never really considered him that much of a. I mean, he's a true point guard, but he's not. To me, a point guard is someone who's looking to get ten assists, not thirty points. You know, the thirty points comes out of necessity, not that that's what you're hunting for. And I've always felt like he's a shoot first point guard, and that's why he he's, he averages twenty eight and six or seven as opposed to twenty four and ten um, as a shooting guard. That's fine if you're if you're getting thirty because then you're, you're the burden's on someone else to distribute more often. So I would like to see him play more off the ball more. He said he wants to do it more. Billups wants to do it more. And if Simons continues to emerge, we're going to see it more. No, well, that's uh that that's the last in the category marked the good. Let's go to the <laughs> the not so good. Um, uh, you know, obviously this is one game and it's uh the three happy warriors. Uh, you know, shooting threes all day long but the the new defense uh some kinks need to get ironed out right aaron in terms of how the blazers uh uh track track three-point shooters which you know you got to do that against every team in the league not just uh golden state yeah you know yeah they're, they're working on that they're working on the communication working on the rotations they've changed the pick and roll to where they're not dropping the big uh you know they're working on things and billups says he's going to hold people accountable and it's tough, you know, tough to say what we saw in this game because, you know, the, the most of the starters were out in the second half, especially the big two and limited minutes for everyone else. And, you know, some of the backups, you know, you expect they're probably going to get lit up by other teams' backups who are running the type of offense they're running. Um, so I'm not trying to, you know, overblow the situation. Right. But, you know, they gave up 121 points. They gave up 60 in the first half. Again, not a that's not a super ton, especially against a team that shot 69 threes out of 100 <laughs> attempts. What is that? That's not basketball. That's three-point contest. Anyway, and to compare, the Blazers shot 38. Think about that. The Blazers were second in the league last year in three-point attempts, and this team on Monday night shot 31 more than they did. Um, Anyway, I digress. So, you know, Billups said a couple things. He said, one, while we were running, they were sprinting, right? The way Golden State was playing was just hair on fire, running as fast as you can, cutting, getting up and moving the ball and just creating these open looks. The only thing that I saw that when you're facing a team like that, that I saw that they definitely could have done better on is that there were some times when the ball would move to someone and they'd be open and the nearest guy to them would just stick their arm out. You know, sometimes guys in the NBA do that on defense. Like they don't really want to run over there, but they'll just stick their arm out as if they're pretending to like guard that guy and the guy and they're not within six feet. I saw a few of those and I'm like, come on, at least close out on him. At least make him think you're coming. Don't just let him shoot it. 
Uh, Guys, so why are we some... trying so hard in preseason, right? <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we slow it down a little bit, Jordan? Jordan Poole? <laughs> yeah, man, Golden State, you didn't, you didn't tell us you were going to come out like this. We're supposed to ease into this bad boy. Um, so, but what Chauncey said was like, look, you know, that's like one of the best, even without Clay, right? That's mm-hmm. one of the best run teams in terms of playing that way in the league, if not the best. And so it was a great test for them. And I asked him, I said, so was this like almost the perfect, you know, learning vehicle that now you can look at this against a team that runs this type of offense at an elite level and say, okay, this exposes all of our weaknesses in this area right here in the very first preseason game. And he said, of course, you know, we can go back, we can clip this out, we can show it, we can, you know, point things out to people and we can get better from this um, because we have to understand that. If we can't at least slow this down a little bit, this is what's going to happen. 121 points. And they're lucky that Golden State didn't shoot all that well from three. They're 34.8. Mm-hmm. And they shot 40. Oh, my God. They got blown out by 25 or whatever, right? Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I, I think it, it was a perfect game for them to learn from with a week to practice before the next game. Let's put it that way. But, yes, definitely some issues still remain on defense. Um, what about, uh, you know, we've talked on this podcast about the, the Blazers, uh, propensity for shooting contested threes and right. that seemed to have continued in, in uh week one, but it takes a while to maybe, uh, get those, break that habit, get those habits. You're not going to do that. And the muscle memory takes, takes over and you're like, I got, I got to shoot this contested three instead of, right. So, <clears throat> so the thing for me there. Is, oh, one other thing Damien said about the chasing them around. He said that he really did try to work hard at chasing Steph around and then countering on offense and sort of working on that mentality of, okay, I got to chase, I got to commit to chasing this guy mm-hmm. and then also be able to rebound on offense. And he thought that it was a good test for him in that regard. Anyway, back to this topic. So yeah. So, you know, I spent time with Billups at Summer League talking. We talked a lot about this and, and I was like, I was laughing because I said to him then, I was like, that's exactly what my thought was the entire season. These guys just jack up threes like there's like they like there's eight seconds in the shot clock. So I was really interested to see how they were going to look in this game, especially given that it's a preseason game. So there's no there shouldn't be an urgency really to have to score to keep up or what have you. You just you know go through your offense, run it. Man, the first quarter they were jacking up threes like it was a Stotts <laughs> game. Like the the killer one to me was when Covington got the ball like four feet behind the three-point line and shot it. That's not what Covington does. Covington takes threes when he's absolutely wide open right at the three-point line. He shot that. I'm pretty sure he missed it. And then another one, he had a guy right in his face, completely 100% contested, and he and he shot it. And then Dame had a couple early in the shot clock, you know, coming off the little screen. He sort of kind of open, not really, jacked it up. Um, so there was still a lot of that. So I asked Billups about it, and he said, yeah, you know, we got to clean that up. We have good three-point shooters. We have guys like Damon CJ who can make the tough three, but you can't live off of that. And he's right. You can't. It looks great when they do it and they hit it. And I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. But there's a reason why the shooting percentages on shots like that are less than when you're wide open because they're tougher shots. And so if you're shooting those up a lot, yeah, it looks good when you hit them, but people tend to forget the misses. Um, so, yeah, they that – I did not see evidence that the team was getting the message <laughs> to work the ball around a little bit longer before taking that shot. Because the thing is, when you're when you're that good at shooting contested threes, the contested three will always be there. Like if there's six seconds on the shot clock and you got to get up a shot, 
because the other team's playing good defense, it's probably going to be a contested three. So take it. You're good at it. You can bail the team out. But the first 20 seconds of the, of the play clock, try and get an uncontested three or an uncontested shot. And that's what Chauncey wants them to do. So, yeah, he admitted they need to work more on that because it wasn't there. Here's the thing, though, Aaron. It is so fun to hit a contested three. <laughs> <laughs> like wide open threes or whatever. But hitting a, I mean, no matter what level of basketball you're at, if you're, you know, me and uh, Joe Freeman just like, schlepping around a, a sweaty you know church in northeast portland or if you're damien lord hitting a contested three it just feels so good and it's that's so going to be hard it's going to be hard to get it out of players right when i was growing up <clears throat> all anyone wanted to do was be like dr j or jordan <laughs> and take it to the basket and do some fancy move right that's all it was that's all we would practice who could do the funny the funkiest move going to the hoop right Fast forward 20 years later, or the, the Steph era, really, 30 years later, 25 years later. And now it's like all people want to do is hit step back threes. It's hilarious. Mark Jackson, I saw Mark, Mark Jackson interview the other day, the former Golden State coach yep. and Knicks point guard. And he was talking about, I guess he said a while back that Steph Curry ruined the NBA. And he didn't mean it derogatorily. He just meant that, or ruined basketball. He just meant that kids are growing up. He, he was joking out, like, I go see these youth games. You got eight-year-olds shooting step back threes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no one wants to work the ball around. No one wants to move the ball around. And it's become the glory thing. It's more so than the dunk, right? The step back three is, is the prettier uh, play in this era of basketball. But you can't win. I mean, you can win a championship hitting one of those at the buzzer because you have no choice. But if that's your staple three over the course of time, teams want you to take that because you're not going to hit them at a high, as high a clip as you would if you're wide open. And that's what Billis wants to fix. So we'll yeah. see. Well, here's, here's the thing. Last thing before we move on. I mean, uh, shooting threes is so much more relatable than like you know, going to the grim and dunking on people. Yeah, more people. Exactly. It, it expanded the game. What's funny yeah. too is that even before it became revolutionized in the NBA, with you know the Splash Brothers mainly, but in college when the college three point line came about, yeah, that even the playing field because now you didn't have to get the Patrick Ewing or Olajuwon right coming coming to your program. You could get a bunch of guys who could shoot threes. You re- you remember Loyola Marymount in the um, late eighties, right? Do you remember them? Uh, I was born in 1983. Them? I know, I know, okay, so, I know about them. I know the story, but yeah, go on. Give right. It, so yeah. Westhead, who coached the Lakers, this is mm-hmm. just crazy. Westhead coached the Lakers, got fired because he tried to slow stuff down with Magic Johnson. So basically, Magic said, "Trade me or get rid of him." They weren't going <laughs> to trade Magic Johnson. So they got. I mean, imagine, imagine Magic Johnson getting a rebound coming up court, and you stand up as a coach calling a play. Magic just wants to go, right? So anyway, Riley takes over. Showtime is born, et cetera, et cetera. Westhead then goes to college. He's, he went, well, I think with the Denver first in college. Anyway, no, Loyola first in Denver. Anyway, he goes to Loyola and he's running the most wide open, crazy attacking scheme ever. And you had uh, Bo Kimball and this is, this is before Gathers passed away. Right. And he had this guy named Farmer and they would just jack up threes like crazy. And that sort of led to this revolution in college basketball where teams who can get three point shooters can combat against the blue bloods who are getting all the five-star kids, right? So that started in college first. And then, of course, it came to the NBA in the last 10 to 15 years. But now it's just out of control. And yeah, it's cool looking and everything. And all these kids are going to grow up doing it in three point. You know, I, I predict that in 15 years, maybe even 10 years, that your bad three points, you're like right now, your, your mediocre three point shooters are at 30, 31%. If you're under 30, you shouldn't be shooting them. And good is 40, great is 40 and above. I think 
35 is going to be, you shouldn't be shooting him. 40 is good and 45 is great. Like it's going to keep getting better and better and better. It's like any other skill you develop and, and evolve in. Um, but for me, I, I don't find it to be compelling basketball. Well, yeah, not everyone can be like Mark Jackson and just like uh, have a stick your your big uh, rear end and post people up <laughs> and back people down. Super slow, <laughs> exactly. Oh, the good there's old days. There's just got to be a balance. There's just got to be like to me. <laughs> if each team combined for fifty threes, I think that's fine. Yeah. But getting up into the 60, 65, 70, Last year was seventy. That's just too many for me. But right. and last night it was. Last night it was. Uh, 107. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not lose sight of the fact that the team that won the NBA title last year has a guy who, who can't really shoot um, and just goes. Yeah, but they the only won because of the injuries <laughs> to the teams that could shoot. No, anyway. Anyways. Um, all right. Let's, let's uh, every year there's uh, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, that Neil O'Shea was talking about uh, Anthony Simons years ago. And every year there's a guy that everyone is talking up. And I mean, I'm not deliberately being cynical here but you know there's a guy who gets a lot of shine and um and just can't believe how great he looks and i i think a lot of blazer fans are pretty excited about nasir but uh nasir a little um but you know chauncey has kind of picked up that baton too and talked about how he's the best athlete on the team yada yada um what are you hearing about nas and how do you how do you look the other night so yeah, all the reports out of camp is that he's been killing it, shooting really well, playing really good defensively. Billups has been raving about him. Uh, Damian talked highly about him the other night as well. Came out first preseason game, was one for nine from the field, did not play well. Uh, Billups just said that it was clear that he was rushing things and forcing things and just, you know, wanted to prove that what he'd been doing in practice was legit. And, uh, got, and Dame said he kind of got sped up sometimes where he was like over anxious, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing to be alarmed about necessarily, but, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't perform very well at all, but that could mean that money comes out and goes, you know, six for nine on shots and balances everything out. And then he's seven for 18 and everything's great. But, um, here's my thing about Nas. And I wrote about this last year and I mentioned it again in the summer, an article that I'm trying to find right now, but so. A lot of people talk about his three-point shooting last year and how it improved, and I think he got up to 36% or whatever. But when you looked at his box scores, his his best shooting performances came in blowout losses and blowout wins, where his threes were not even really a part of the blowout win. Um, I think one time that a couple of them might have been, and then in the losses they came, you know, some like there was one game where he hit like a few threes in the fourth. I think a blowout loss to Phoenix. So my point when, when I wrote this was that if you looked at those like five or six games, he shot like forty something percent from three, but in the rest of the season he was like at like twenty nine or thirty. So I didn't really feel like he had that great of a year shooting. I didn't feel like he he made shots when it counted. Um, in games that mattered, I felt like he, he feasted in a few games where he looked really good in a game that were just, um, completely, complete routes. Like here's one against, against Milwaukee. They lost 134 to 106 and little was 11 for 18 and five of seven on threes for 30 points. But most of his points were you know, it's not like he scored 20 in the first half when they were in, in the, you know, in the, in the thick of the game. Most of them came when the game had been decided. And so, and he didn't follow that up with, with good performances in games that were in doubt. He kept struggling in those games. So for me, the jury's still out on whether, um, he's going to be, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to, I say, I take that back. 
I have no reason to believe that this young player who's going into his third year and his first year got all jacked up because of injuries. And then last year he began the year, you know, with COVID, right? So, you know, he still has high potential, but I just want to see him do it on a consistent basis. Like you can't just live off five or six great games and a bunch of mediocre games. Um, And we haven't seen him do that yet. So it'll be interesting to see if he can transform what he's doing in practice into games this season. Well, the thing that uh, as a fan that I like hearing from from Chauncey is like, I mean, this guy's identity, I don't really I don't really care about his three point shooting, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's got to be serviceable, but to stay on the court. But I mean, this guy is is an incredible athlete. He, he's got to be the energy guy. He's got to be out there just throwing his body around, uh, getting rebounds, diving on the floor, um, just kind of being um a menace on defense as well um that's that's really what he has to be i think i mean you're you're not looking for him to be a double digit scorer necessarily i don't think i think that's great if he is but um right i mean that's that that seems to be what chauncey is intimating that like he's been telling him you gotta just bring it and the rest will follow right well there's no doubt that if he's playing good defense and doing all the little things um and finishing at the basket, et cetera, that, that's going to get him on the court because you're going to have plenty of three-point shooters on this team. Absolutely. Like, I don't think he has to shoot lights out three-point shooting to get playing time. Um, and I wasn't trying to imply that. But what I'm saying is they, they, people keep talking about his shooting. And I think the talk about his shooting is kind of overblown to this point. And for him to become a complete player at small forward and playing some shooting guard here and there, He's going to have to be able to hit, be able to hit that three. Otherwise, who's, who's he become? Derrick Jones. <laughs> yeah. Right? And where's Derrick Jones? Yeah. He's and gone. guy who can play some D and can't shoot. Exactly. So that's my thing with, with him in, in the three-point shooting. But, yes, if he – you know, with this team, you have so many good three-point shooters. Yeah, if he, can, if he can come off the bench behind Powell, right, and give you some size at the three and play some defense, attack the basket, especially if they're running an offense where they're trying to attack more – yeah. Uh, then that's going to get him minutes. Like it just is. And, and then you, you just live with the shooting, whatever it is. Um, but if he can develop the three point shot to go along with all that stuff, well, then you're looking at a guy that could develop into a starting caliber player at some point. Um, so anyway, so we'll, yeah, we'll see, yeah, but they, sure. they love what he's doing, but it was just a bad first night. But you know, again, like everyone said, Billups from Billups Dame, he just was off. Like it's just, they could tell he was just a little too antsy. Oh, and by the way, they committed 26 turnovers. Just a, a, a <laughs> that's another bad. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's the bad. I forgot to mention. Uh, Billups just said he just felt like first game jitters. Everyone, everyone was pretty much you know fired up or too antsy or too anxious or whatever, and that just led to a lot, bunch of sloppy uh, turnovers, including Nurkic's five. Yeah, one one more thing on Nas though. I mean, it seems like he he has le- he has the leash, right? I mean, he is. Um, he is going to get minutes and he's basically been told that. So that, that's a, uh, that's something that he hasn't had in terms of certainty, um, so far in his career. But yeah, again, like he, you said, with the injuries and COVID and whatnot, but that's, that's huge right. for a young player. No, exactly. He, um, he was the first guy off the bench and then Simons was second, but couldn't come in because of Lillard shooting threes. And so then that the time lapse there led to Zeller and Nance getting in actually first, but they were third and fourth off the bench. And to me, that was the four coming in. You figured would be the first four. Right. And then I think Snell and McLemore uh, would be next probably. Um, am I missing anyone? No. So clearly, and I asked Billups, was there anything to read into the rotation? He said, no, not unless you're bored. But, <laughs> but I think if you know, if you know this team, 
and fans do that those would be the first four you think would be off the bench and they were. So I think there is a lot to read in that rotation, but no, the fact that he was first off the bench can't be a bad sign. Right? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean, it can't be bad. Um, and, and I think that, yeah, he has, he has a tremendous amount of upside and apparently he's having a great camp. So, you know, hopefully he can uh, put it all together on game day. You are listening to the blazer focus podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. You mentioned uh, uh, Chauncey Billups, and um, obviously with this preseason game and the Fan Fest, two opportunities to be in front of fans for the first time. Um, what was the reception like? Because obviously we've chronicled um, his debut was uh, rocky, to say the least, in terms the of how, <laughs> debut. Yeah. How, the, how the franchise handled it. But yeah. what was the reception like in the building? You know, I at Fan Fest, I forgot all about it. You know, I didn't even think about it. Um, but I did think about it at the first game when they introduced him as the coach. I was like listening, like, would there be some booze? Would there be something? The only thing I noticed is that there was very light applause. There wasn't mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like a yay, he's our new coach applause. Right. It, but there weren't any booze. Mm-hmm. So it was very neutral. And I thought that was a little telling because y- you have a brand new coach, you would think the home crowd would want to welcome him with a big applause, right? And everything he's been saying and doing over the offseason, everything that's been written about him, aside from the 1997 uh, allegations, has been positive and, and glowing. So I have to believe that there's still people out there who are like, uh, I don't know yet. You know, I'm not sure. Or they have reservations or what have you. Um, but not to the point where there was, you know, loud booing or people holding up signs or something right. like that. Um, so yeah, I thought that, I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Cause you know, the, the type of people who go to the fan fest and a preseason game or, um, it's not your casual fans. You yeah, know, well, the, the plot thing I was talking about at the preseason game. Yeah, no, I know. But, but, but yeah. I'm just, you know, we don't want to read too much into anything, but I mean, yeah. people don't just often find themselves at a preseason game. You're, you're pretty in, invested in in the team to to go to a preseason game in my you know in, in my experience so it is what it is i guess we'll just kind of yeah. tbd on that front anything else you want to hit on uh oh uh larry nance jr just the, the perfect like i'm here to do all the nuts and bolts stuff <laughs> you know, i'm here to move the ball i'm here to set screens um i'm big and physical and I don't mind physical contact. He said some nice screens that was noticeable, uh, you know, go after it on, on the glass finish when needed. I don't need to shoot. He did shoot a couple. I think he shot a couple threes. Um, but you know, he's only, gonna, he's only, he's only going to take that three when he's wide open. Like he's not going to try and do a step back three. Uh, he only took one, missed it. So, you know, he played 17 minutes, you know, two rebounds, nothing else. No, turnovers, no assists, no points, just out there just sort of being just a guy who's getting in the way of people on the other team and, and playing defense. So I thought it was just interesting just to see how he operates and how he functions and what he's going to bring to this team. And I think he's just going to bring so, be someone off the bench who's going to come in and do as much of the dirty work as possible to help everything flow nicely. Just getting some cardio. <laughs> just just, just getting some cardio. Oh, Marquise Chris. Uh Man, that's a physical big dude. Like to me, out of the, out of the uh, unguaranteed guy, nine guy, guaranteed contract guys, Chris, 
Dennis Smith Jr. is redundant to me. Quinn Cook's redundant to me. Um, and Patrick Patterson didn't play coach's decision. Uh, Chris is the one after the first preseason game, he's the one I'd keep <laughs> just because he's just a big physical cat. He had a pretty monster uh, dunk where he, put, he looked pretty formidable there. And he was, he was good in Golden State's rotation before his injury. So, like, if you're looking for another big on this team behind Covington and Nance, who can play some four and play some five, uh, to me, coming out of the gate, that he's the leader in the clubhouse. All right. Well, we'll see. On to, on to preseason game two. Yeah, go our Sacramento Monday night in Portland. Can't wait. Psych. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I have a tough time getting up for preseason games. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna lie. But uh, as do I. there's a lot. To, there's a lot to observe and watch. So we're done. All right. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. We'll come back at you again after the second preseason game and give you a breakdown of the improvements or not the improvements uh, that they put forth on the court in that game. I'm Aaron Fentress along with Andrew Thien. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, give us a positive review, and we'll catch you at the next episode.